fandom is, at its foundation, about hope. You have to have hope for the team you're supporting. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. I'm going to be honest here. I've gotten probably more blowback over the past week from regular listeners to this program than in the previous few months combined. There's a feeling that I've just completely soured on everything related to the franchise, that I can't talk about anything except Brian Reynolds, and that it's becoming something of a turnoff. And I and I get that. I do. I won't apologize for it, but I get that. Ultimately, this show, because it's you know got my name and the little cartoon logo and whatever else on it, has to be about what it is that I think. The moment it stops being that, then it's what? What is it? It's just it's just inauthentic pandering crap, you know. Uh, heaven knows there's enough of that out there. You can find that in a million different places. I've got to be myself or else this entire exercise loses its meaning. So let me say that part first. Next, let me say this. I am not without hope for the pirates. I am the one who decided to do a daily show about the pirates, something that no one else in this market would ever do. And third, I actually do see a path forward, but I feel like it's my responsibility to say what that path is and to say when I feel that path is being unduly obstructed. To me, right now, as it relates To the Brian Reynolds situation, the path is being unduly obstructed by the best player on the roster wanting to be out of town. This is a very real problem. It will not solve itself, contrary to some of the feedback that I get. Reynolds can be told, just go honor your contract. But you know and I know that's not the same thing as investing heart and soul the way we'd seen from Brian over the past three years. You know and I know that every single time there were to be some minor injury or he were to be held out of the lineup on a given Sunday or the afternoon of a getaway game, that we'd be going, oh, look at this. Now he's starting to take care of himself, preparing himself for the Yankees. That'd be on us. Never mind what would be thought about on the inside. It's a very real problem. It has to be solved. If and when it's solved in one form or another, then adding Rich Hill and Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi and other players seems like a lot more fun to discuss. At least it'll be that for me. But to me, fun when talking about a sports team is about hope that someday they'll win. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. 
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So if you want to move past that, if you want to just move past the Reynolds thing as if it doesn't matter, or as if he's just going to show up in Bradenton and smile in front of everyone and say, eh, just kidding, I'm totally happy to be here, it's all good, Uh, don't ask me any questions about the contract thing, let's just talk about baseball, I'm here to talk about baseball. Really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And if it's a turnoff to you that I bring it up because it's the thing with the franchise right now, I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry. If you want to accept that this team is making progress this offseason because of the individual signings that they've had, whether it's one at a time, whether it's a cumulative feel that you have, you go right ahead. You go right ahead and do that. I'm not stopping you. No one's stopping you. The Pirates, in fact, would love if you have that reaction. Go nuts! But I'm not going to cobble together mythical lineups and say, oh, look at this and look at this, and how does this compare to what Milwaukee did or St. Louis did or the the Cubs did or whatever. It's just, it's not there for me. It's not there for me. I can discuss and have discussed the pluses and minuses of signing a Hill, a Santana, a Choi. I have discussed the ins and outs of how the lineup could work. I have talked about the rotation. I have talked even about the bench and the bullpen at times. And I'll do that. And then I'll get to a point and I'll say, oh, yeah, but then there's this. Now, I'm going to be that guy this morning who reminds everyone that the 2022 Pittsburgh Pirates were the single worst offensive team we have ever seen in the city of Pittsburgh. Okay, just take one facet, the single worst offensive team going back to the franchise's beginnings in 1887 or 1882, if you're one of those people who buys into the 1882 theory. Either way. Worst offense ever. And the response to that has been to get this guy over here who really can't hit that much. Get this guy over here who's a great catcher defensively, but can't hit at all. And they've added a couple of bats somewhat in that mix. And then they're going to lose their best player or they're going to water him down. And that's only everything when it comes to determining how much better or worse the 2023 Pirates will be than their immediate predecessors. The pitching, nice. Defense, nice. But the hole, the canyon that was dug around here was on offense. And removing Brian Reynolds from that equation up to and including some potentially excellent trade in which Reynolds goes out and some complete Ace starting pitching prospects come back will leave the 2023 lineup with a massive, massive hole after they just had the worst offense ever. This is the perspective I'm attempting to share. I'm not looking to pound the dead horse here. I'm just trying to be honest. When we come back, J1Q. 
Sir Phil, who asks, if you're ready to discuss your Hall of Fame ballot, what was your hardest decision or your closest call for either voting for a player or omitting them this year? Well, it's kind of hard to discuss that without divulging the ballot, Phil, and I haven't done that yet. I always do that in written form. I write a full column every year on DK Pittsburgh Sports that gets into some of the selection process. One one thing that I always try to to do, other than the cheaters, is to not get into why I don't take a certain guy, because there's no way to do that without saying something negative. And the truth is, if you've made it that far into the hall process where you're in like, let's say years five, six, or seven, and you're up in that 50, 60% range. And for anybody who doesn't know, you have to get 75% of the vote to get in. You don't really deserve people like me or anybody denigrating your career in any way. You know, I've had this conversation whenever certain pirates would make it onto the ballot for the first time and you knew they were never even going to get past the threshold needed to survive a single year like a jason bay like a freddie sanchez and all you do is you just tip your cap and say hey guys great career both of you seriously freddie batting title j bay rookie of the year both of them made a ton of money and that's it you just move on from it you know you don't say they were nowhere near good enough to Uh uh-uh no thanks So to attempt to answer your question, I'll say this, that my guy, my toughest guy, my borderline guy, and I feel like I have one almost every year, this year was Billy Wagner. And closers aren't fun, okay? Closers closers feel a lot like when you're talking in, in the NFL about edge rushers and you're talking about just sacks. How many sacks did they have? Well, isn't there more to being an edge rusher than sacking the quarterback? Sure there is. You got to seal the run. You got to be a good overall player. Unless you have ridiculous sack numbers like a Kevin Green did, extremely one-dimensional player. I'm getting into a football conversation now. But with closers, you tend to look at saves. And that's where the Wagner discussion gets a little bit muted because when you think of the guys who have all the saves like Trevor Hoffman didn't have overwhelming stuff had the one of the best changeups you'll ever see remarkable consistency and a zillion saves Billy Wagner threw the ball at a hundred miles an hour back when not everybody was doing that it was a, a little left he had a big presence in the game you knew when he was coming into the game, that it was a big deal, including, by the way, for those of you who go way back with this team, when Brian Giles faced him with bases loaded at PNC Park. But I digress. Tough, tough call there. My holdover guys, uh, and this won't surprise anybody to reveal that I'm voting for them again, would be Todd Helton and Scott Rowland. I've made my cases for both of those guys before. I'll make them again, but... Yeah, there'd be no reason to pull back on either one of those. So the guy that I've been looking at is Wagner. And with the benefit of metrics that have really come to exist only in the past few years and metrics that I've learned to trust in certain situations, I feel like I can take a fairer look at guys that might not have gotten a fair look in the past. And that's why even though Wagner hasn't been on my ballot to date, I feel like it's reasonable to take a a deeper dive at a guy 
who's getting a lot of attention and votes from others. Now, if that sounds like I'm following the crowd or being a sheep or whatever, so be it. But I'm not so arrogant that I'm going to think, well, my vote is the only one that counts and and pretend that nobody else is doing their own research or putting their own thought into this. So Wagner's the guy that I've looked at, and I've looked at a bunch of different numbers. And one of the ones that jumps out, maybe the one that jumps out more than anything else, is that his whip is below 1.0. Anybody who doesn't know what whip is, I'll make it really simple. W-H-I-P, walks and hits per inning pitched. During the actual baseball season, you'll hear me refer to this one a lot when it comes to relievers. You'll almost never see, hear, or read me reference a reliever's ERA, unless they're a long relief guy or unless they've got a zillion appearances, because it usually doesn't matter. You're coming into the middle of innings, you're getting somebody else's runners, and you can still blow that and not have anything tick onto your ERA. Whereas if somebody is tracking, plain and simple, how you do on the mound in terms of how many base runners you allow, how efficient you are in terms of striking batters out, how efficient you are in terms of, well, what the stat says, walks and hits per innings pitched, then you have a pretty good idea of the caliber of a reliever. You want another good example? Depending on your perspective, Mike Williams when he was with the Pirates. Going back a little bit here, that's about 20 years, but Willie, man, he had a slider, and everybody knew he had a slider, and they still wouldn't lay off the thing, and he'd strike them out, unless they figured out, and this would usually be with teams within the Pirates division, hey, you know what? That slider doesn't always cross the plate, so when he throws a slider, when I see that coming out of his hand, I'm laying off. And they would just load the bases up against him. And now eventually he'd bear down. He'd force himself to throw one of his 88 mile an hour fastballs right down the pipe. And he'd somehow get out of the inning and you'd all go, whoa, this guy's the worst closer ever. But he'd be in the all-star game. Why? Because he had saves. So I'm looking at a different criteria this year. I hope that answers your question, Phil, as best as I could without giving away the ballot. Um, I actually have submitted the ballot, and I do plan to write about it soon. And when I do, I'll make sure that I share it with everybody on this show. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates, including putting up with my repetitive crap when I feel very strongly about a certain specific thing, as I do with this Reynolds thing. Let's do this again tomorrow. (laughs) 